was last New Year's Day, a friend of mine was doing a New Year's Day um, little Zoom thing because we were in the middle of the pandemic and she wanted us all to dance. And um, I didn't want to dance. It just wasn't that, I'm like, this is not resonating with me at all. And so I, instead I just rolled out my yoga mat and I got down and I started doing um, some yoga. And as I'm doing yoga, it's like, no, that's a, that's a go-to response for you, right? It's not what you need in this moment. And so checking in, I'm like, oh, what do I need in this moment? Welcome to the 1000 Day Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol. I am a father, husband, leader, lover, and master life coach. And I spend every single moment of my life helping people to live a self-led life of curiosity, of compassion and clarity okay and without alcohol of course so just want to give you a little update about what's going on in the lim davy world so it is now the recording of this what is it it's the 28th of march and we're just coming to the end of relationships month here at uh strive. Uh, For those of you who are religious listeners to the podcast, I hope you've really enjoyed what you've been listening to. You've been listening to what Darren Silver talk about the importance of um, creating um, uh, that relationship with nature. You listen to Kathleen Hendricks or Katie Hendricks uh, talking about longevity and relationships and the rebirth. Uh, Last week you heard about, uh, heard Lisa Dinhofer uh, talking about grief and how to deal with grief in relationships. And today we have another very special guest. So I hope that you have really been enjoying the content. Uh, In addition to that, behind our paywall in Strive, what have we been doing? We've been doing a hell of a lot, actually. Uh, we have been running classes on attachment theory. Uh, we've been running classes on uh, how it important it is to get into self-energy in relationships. Uh, what else have we been doing? Uh, later on today, we're going to be doing communication styles. And we did um, the important topic of masculine and feminine energies in relationships. All right. And we recorded we recorded them all. And I know that you listen to this podcast. Uh, not all of you are in Strive at the moment. So if you're interested in learning more about how to get all of those recordings uh, in Relationship Month, uh, then send me an email at thestrivemethod at gmail.com and um, I'll tell you how we can go- you can go about buying that, okay? So yeah, Relationship Month, pretty cool. Now in April, we're going to switch focus and we're going to cover alcohol addiction. So for the month of April, I am going to be doing uh, monologues, most likely, uh, talking about some of the most important concepts in the Strive Method here um, on the podcast. And we're going to be doing training on that as well within the the Strive community. So if you want to get involved in that in a much deeper way, and currently you are in that journey of um, battling alcohol and um, and, uh, trying to figure out how it fits in your life, then send me an email at strivemethod at gmail.com. What's happening for myself personally? <clears throat> well, um, I'm pretty sure I've got COVID again for the second time in a month. Um, I was uh, babysitting for a family on Friday night. Um, and in the first hour, the kids were all coughing and spluttering over me. And then the parents did a test. And in that moment, they realized that they had COVID. So um, I'm pretty sure I've got COVID. I'm feeling just like I did when I first had it. So I'm just locking myself up in the house at the moment. And um just trying to get over that. Um, next month, I'm going to Cyprus for a month. So I'm going to Cyprus for a month. 
and um, I'm going to be working on a, a documentary and I'm really excited about it. And, um, and then I come back, I am going to be spending some time in Cardiff looking after some people's houses and some animals. I joined Trusted House Sitters. Um, you pay like £250 a, a year and you can bid to look after people's homes all around the world and look after their animals. And I've been here in Cardiff in the last two months looking after Loki and Lucifer, two beautiful cats. Uh, and I have another job in April looking after two cockapoos, right? Two dogs in Cardiff. Um, so for those of you who, I don't know, maybe you have um, a story that uh, money isn't as fruitful as it could be and that you can't afford to travel around the world or, or to explore different parts of your own country, Trusted House Sitter is a beautiful way to do that, by the way, right? It, it allows you to um, live rent-free, to experience other people's homes and culture and neighborhoods, and to be in and around animals, which I'm finding to be a truly beautiful thing, right? Um, after April, what's happening in April? It looks like I'm going to be spending some time in Madrid, uh, three weeks in Madrid in May. And then June, we got a, a family uh, get together. We're all going to go to Korea for probably the whole month of June. So there's a lot going on at the moment. Liza and Zia are going to come and join me here on April the 22nd, uh, April the 21st. And we still got our fingers crossed and we're just waiting for the U.S. Embassy to pull their fingers out of their ass and give me my U.S. residency so we can eventually move back to California and get ourselves grounded. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to that, to be honest. It, it is exciting and it's nice and that to move around and be a vagabond. Uh, but I, I, do miss, um, I do miss having a home. I do miss being grounded. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that. So that's what's going on in my world. That's what's going on in the Strive world at the moment. Um, but you tuned in to listen to Joy Caffey, right? Yeah, what an amazing, beautiful, powerful woman this is. So Joy Caffrey, she is an energy medicine practitioner and workshop leader and has been so for three decades. Uh, Joy moves her program participants into their own brilliance with ease, humor, and insight. Her students consistently feel inspired, motivated, and fully empowered to engage in their personal and professional lives with greater ease and self-confidence. And you'll feel that when you listen to this podcast, okay? Over the years, Joy has cultivated her intuitive healing abilities. She's developed a distinctive energy medicine practice. She is individualized to each client's needs as well. And you may benefit from chakra balancing, tonal sounding, yoga techniques, reflective listening, reframing. She's got it all. Her compassionate presence lends a natural grace and flow to her organic healing style. And she's a mother of three adult children. And she re resides in Fayetteville in Arkansas with her husband, Tim. Some of the things we talked about today were techniques around overwhelm. Uh, what is self and what is the ego and what are parts? How to recognize, love, nurture these parts. We talked about removing uh, self-limiting beliefs and the importance of tonality, vitality, and calmness. Um, we also had a discussion on the importance of understanding our needs and our unmet needs, okay? If you would like to get in touch with Joy, 
Um, email me at the strive method at gmail.com. Check your show notes and you'll find a link to her website. She runs regular group sessions. She does one-on-one coaching sessions and she has um, a beautiful collection of cards, which uh, I was very lucky to get uh, a collection of for coaches and uh, people who want to do their own personal healing as well. Uh, these cards um, take you through your needs, take you through your feelings, um, uh, soul care practices. They're beautiful. They really, really are fantastic. So you'll see links uh, how to purchase them and how to watch the video to use them uh, on your podcast show notes, okay? So without further ado, I'll shut the hell up and I'll leave you in the capable hands of the beautiful, the amazing, uh, the experienced Joy Caffrey. So Joy, it's really wonderful to have you here. And I know you would like to start with um, a grounding, which I think is beautiful. So I'm all yours. It's all over to you. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I allow you, um, I appreciate you allowing me to start with this grounding because it puts me um, in the best place of being in service. Mm. Yeah, I want to offer that in the same way that I would offer it to my clients. I want to offer it to all of your audience and, and to you because I'll be working, um, you know, nice and in a yeah. place of connection with you. Okay, so I'll use sound in my healing work and I'll use that sound in my grounding. Okay, thank you. And so actually, I'd like to invite all of your listeners in this moment to um, imagine that their heart is a magnet and they're drawing themselves to themselves. So all the aspects can be fully present as they take part in listening to you and I today. I set egoic intentions aside and allow myself to open as a vehicle of love and of light. In this moment, I place myself in service to all of your listeners and to you, Lee, and to spirit. I set the intentions that anyone listening and being present with us can release whatever is no longer serving them and allow themselves to access nourishment and clarity, compassion. I like opening to the seven directions as a reminder for me to um, access all the forms of, of divinity. And this is just a little ritual I created for myself in terms of a nice little checks and balance. I turn to the East and I open to the guidance, wisdom and power of the East opening to mental clarity, and opening to our intuition. I turn to the South, and I honor the divine child within each of us and all the aspects of our inner child that show up today as they're listening. I turn to the West and honor the full spectrum of our emotional body, opening to perceptions and perspectives and discernment. Shambhada Vayoyandade. Turn to the north and open to archetypes of consciousness and our understanding of it, opening to the storytellers, to the guidance of those that have walked before us. I turn in the direction above, opening to energy in its light form, open to the Christ consciousness, opening to love and compassion, open to the Buddha consciousness. Accessing compassion and wisdom. 
I open to the way of the Tao, to the great mystery of all that is, to all the names of the divine. I turn to the direction below. Opening to the divine feminine, opening to Mother Earth, open to the Holy Spirit, to Kuan Yin, to the Mother Mary, to all the forms and expressions of the divine feminine, opening deeply to her nourishment, her strength, her resilience, and her beauty, that beautiful, powerful life force energy that she's bringing up in springtime here. I turn to the center within, honoring the holy fire within each of us. And collectively, in this moment, to all of your listeners, and the beauty of that uh, individuation and connectedness of all that are present here, I hold this space as safe and sacred, and open to the joyful delight of what unfolds and presents itself. Okay. Maybe we could all take a collective cleansing breath. Thank you, Joy. Yeah, I, needed, I needed that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, actually, there's a time when, before my, um, before my one-on-one coaching, where I would always offer a grounding if the client felt that they needed it or not. And I realized that I'm, I'm not doing that lately, actually. I'm, mm. I'm just going straight into it. So that was a nice reminder for me too. Yeah, to get, it helps, it helps me. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, it's just helped me. I feel, I feel a lot different than I was a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates a nice energetic shift. And it's fun to see my client shift from the moment they walked into just resting a few moments after that grounding and how I think they're they're willing to be more present and open and available mm-hmm. um, Yeah, to their own work and, and to the connection. Yeah, we, we was doing a training the other day and I was just talking normally like I do in my go, go, go energy. And then I just brought it down really quiet and spoke like this. And then I asked people who just felt themselves get calmer in that moment and everybody put their hand up, right? So let's start there. You know, when it comes to relationships with ourselves and, and others, especially when you're in that go, go, go conflict, go, go, go conflict, how 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 could we help somebody to introduce this into that space to be able to just bring it down a little bit, Joy? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're asking that question because I actually I was hoping we'd get to talk about metering and pacing. And um I feel like one of the things that I offer to my clients is a quality of listening and finding the vibration for those inner parts to be safe enough to come out. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll match where my client is in their pacing for a moment to match with them and then energetically shift within myself to find like um, some aspects, whether it's of their psyche of their inner child, those parts that are, are yearning for a quality of attention, but they're Mm -hmm. waiting for that right vibrational quality of attention so i i help my clients to find that and then it's amazing how much all of a sudden parts of them will oh my gosh she sees me or she hears me right Mm. and so it's that 
um, allowing oneself. I think it's great to know how to go up and down that vibrational level, right? It's kind of like being able to turn a faucet. And and I know when you and I met the other day too, I was in my hyper mode, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, how to make that nice shift. And and I think it kind of shifts with a tenderness and curiosity, right? Where where does it need to be in this moment? And just letting myself, like in this moment, I can scale up or down, like. What's where? Ah, uh, where's the ah? Uh, here we are. I like that so much. And I guess one of the challenges is for people listening <clears throat> is when their sympathetic nervous system is activated and they're just in that Hulk brain, as I like to call it, and nothing else matters. So the mm-hmm. the, the, the the volume is just getting cranked up and up and up and up and up. So. So what's, what's the work and what's the practices and what's the way to kind of like try to put some distance in between a stimulus and response, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I have a client that has been wonderfully asking me so many questions like this. And um, just recently, how do I do, or what's the one thing I do? And I, and I realized, you know what, it's not, it's not one thing. And, and so I think that's why it's so important to put so many different tools in your toolbox, right? Because one day this is going to work and another day this is going to work. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I think having that sensitivity, like I think when we get too rigid and try, you know, think it's one fixed answer, we can uh, escalate the tension, right? And so to answer that question, um, let me drop in. So I, I like as we dialogue and I want to um, let your audience know, sometimes I'm going to just go into a silence to mm-hmm. find some of those answers. So um, so one, one thing that came to mind right away for me, um, I've done some PowerPoints for um, some courses I've taught on the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system. And so um, and I'm so visual. Right. So I gave an image of the sympathetic is the tiger, you know, coming behind you in the background. And I and also I, I always need mnemonic devices. And so I wanted one for the parasympathetic. So I created I pulled up an image of a parachute, someone just gently floating down in this beautiful blue sky. And, and so just the word parachute and parasympathetic, and it's this nice coming down, a nice floating mm-hmm. down. And that's that reminder to extend my exhale. So whenever I catch myself in the, like I, I can, um, you used to get anxiety really um, intensely and my, my heart would race and I would, I would, energetically go up and out of my body so what what are the different things that i've remembered to do so um some of it i might go grab an essential oil right away because i i've actually literally watched when i've put lavender on and i have my little pulse finger thing on i'm like oh wow like look at it just my my heart actually just slowed down by 10 or 20 beats right Mm. and so that's nice to see like oh it actually really did and so now it's even that pavlock reflex like Oh, the lavender is going to help calm me down. Yeah, but I maybe, like that. But maybe lavender is not available right away. So even for me, just thinking of the image of the parachute, it's also doing this, like it's noticing I'm cranked up, right? Mm-hmm. So then taking that pause, and I, I, I use the pause so much um, in different ways that I teach things. Um, in that moment, take the pause of, oh, wow, I'm really cranked up. Let me take a moment to gently look to the left and look to the right and 
what's really happening around me? Well, actually, this room is still as stable as it was before all this anxiety. <laughs> you know, there, there actually isn't really a tiger here. So that um, this uh, conflict is so much internally. Oh, so then how can I move into my musculoskeletal system and let myself feel that sense of gravity on my body? And settle in here and trust that ah, I'm being held by this chair. I'm being held by loved ones. I'm being held by spirit. So I don't do all of these at once. Right now, I'm just rattling all the different ways that are coming to mind in this moment. Of There's so many different ways that I'm going to calm myself down. And then, I'm, and then I might acknowledge. So one of the things that I like to do, too, is ask, what age is the part of me that's triggered? Like, oh, how old am I feeling right now? Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's amazing how an answer will show up the five year old, the 25 year old, the 13 year old. So that cues me into, oh, what quality of attention does a five year old need compared to my 13 year old compared to. Right. And what situation is this reminding me of? And can I remind that part of, oh, look how far we've come since that, you know, mm. that reminder. So. Um, my answer is multifaceted, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, but it's 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 a it's a great reminder for people. You know, very often I hear people say, um, especially when we talk about creating a trigger toolkit for when we are triggered to drink alcohol, for example. You know, which a lot of them, my audience, um, you know, they're in that space, and uh, I'm and I'm a great believer in let let's let's be prepared. Let's have a let's have a series of things that we. It's like um break glass in an emergency so like i'm in an emergency right now i need to break the glass so we know what we're going to do and some people will say sometimes yeah well that that doesn't this particular thing it doesn't work and and i think what you're alluding to there is imagine sometimes it will work and sometimes it won't yeah Right. Yeah. And, and and understanding what situations environments or people or whatever else is into the trigger and understanding ourselves more of what we really need in that moment is priceless. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually created a whole deck of cards related to um, how to help my clients take care of their soul care. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give an example, too, of um, uh, la- I think it was last New Year's Day. A friend of mine was doing a New Year's Day um, little Zoom thing because we were in the middle of the pandemic and she wanted us all to dance. And um, I didn't want to dance. It just wasn't that I'm like, this is not resonating with me at all. And so I instead, I just rolled out my yoga mat and I got down and I started doing um, some yoga. And as I'm doing yoga, it's like, no, that's a that's a go to response for you. Right. It's not what you need in this moment. And so checking in, I'm like, oh, what do I need in this moment to sweep? Wait, what? I'm in the middle of a Zoom dance class. And it was like, no, get up and get the broom, sweep this floor, right? And it was like, you know, messy. It's this room, right? And I, um, I, I've learned to trust and listen to that inner voice, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I got up and I got a broom. I didn't care. Everybody else is dancing and we're all, you know, on Zoom, people seeing what they're doing in their own little pandemic space. I'm sweeping, right? And in that sweeping, I just calmed down. And I really tuned into that sense of self that like the the um, the deep self-care that that knows me, that wants to see um, how it's going to soothe me for the whole year to come. Right mm. now, when I pick up a broom right now, I immediately go into that relaxation. Right. Mm. I, I put my hands on that broom and I'm remembering my my wise self telling me this is the gift I'm giving to you in this moment. 
Mm. Right? It's this gentle sweeping motion. It's going to calm your body all year long. <laughs> right. And it did. And it was from following. Like, so first I had to overcome the impulse of, oh, the expectation is, you know, and this is a friend of mine. I want her workshop to look good. I want it to, you know, to um, support her, but everything in my body was saying, no, no, it's not appropriate for you to be dancing right now. My cells are saying no. So I had to overcome the, oh, but I'm going to disappoint my friend, or I'm not going to be the supportive, you know, or people, people are going to see me sweeping and they judge me. And right. Yeah. And so it was let just honor, honor that wise self. Right. And, and then I, it, yeah, I really appreciated my listening and following through with the action of that inner voice. And it's given me a, a beautiful gift. Now that's a, a year and a year and a couple of months already that sweeping yeah. still brings me this sense of, self-connection self-awareness deepness right mm. and, and it's a nice transformative act so um in my client sessions at the end of a session i'll ask a client what is your higher self wisdom asking of you to do in the next 24 or 48 hours right or in the next six hours if they're in crisis and so often the answer is something really simple and easy that they discount it right yeah. and so it might it might be breathe it might be um you know, it might be sweep your floors. I've, I've added that as one of the cards. It might be talk to your angels. It might be um, practice gratitude or hydrate, right? That's the one they really dismiss. <laughs> and mm. then, uh, or offer your, move your body, just move your hips in this moment. It doesn't mean that you have to go for a full bike ride. Just do some pelvic tilts or, or call a friend or be spontaneous. Anyway, um, they were all simple and, dis and, and clients tended to discount them. And, and I would encourage them, no, it's when you listen and take action on it and listen and take action day after day after day. You're building a relationship with trusting your higher self wisdom. Mm. That's what's going to get you through the crisis and calming yourself down is knowing, you know what? I have a center to turn to. I have a center that supports me, this beautiful sense of self that's so connected to source yeah. and to the divine. I love that. And I love the, I love the ideas of the cards as well. Um, I think, I think that, brings an interesting element to it it's like you know we were talking about the break the glass in case of emergencies i love right. the idea myself personally it won't be for everybody but i love the idea of when i break that glass i i have a deck of cards and i just pick one at randomly and it says uh you know some of them are up regulators some of them are down regulators or some of them are feminine yeah. some of them are masculine so i know that i'm picking from the right deck and then i just pick and it's like okay go dive yourself in the cold water shower. Okay. I'm not, I just have to do that now. I don't have to think about it. Just go do it. Right. Like I really like that idea. I, I had a client last night. We were doing some inner child work and um, he had uh, some beautiful emotional releases with a younger version of himself um, around anger. And um, he, from his higher self asked his young child, like, what is it you want to do right now? And he just said, I want to go outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we finished and then he went outside. Yeah. It's often so simple. And one of the things I learned from parenting um, when I had like three or, and five and six year old kids, you know, when my children, all three children were that age and let's say they, whatever, they wanted to do something. And in my mind, I would picture it as this three hour thing. Right. And that was like, you know, they wanted to go see a friend and like literally one time it was, they just wanted to walk down to that friend's house. That was three 
houses away and just see their house and walk back and it satisfied them like in my mind it was i gotta pack everything up and do all those things it's like no it's simple keep it simple (laughs) yeah i i I have a similar story with my my daughter like i've said about this a lot on the podcast where um I had trouble being present with my daughter and my son and playing with them, which is some inner child work that I had to I had to work on. Um, and then what I started to do is I started to set a timer. So I would I would say to Zia, okay, um, let's play for 20 minutes because daddy's because I work from home, right? So it's like, Dad, come play with me. I'm like, okay, let's play for 20 minutes. So we would say, Alexa, set an alarm for 20 minutes, or maybe Alexa, play alarm for 10 minutes, right? Um, that girl had so much joy and connection and had all her needs met in 10 minutes. When I'm thinking before that, when I'm in, when I'm in my parts and I'm activated and I'm triggered, oh, I'm working. She wants my, all my time. No, she doesn't want all your time, Lee. She wants 10 minutes. Right. And she, would, she would even say to me, just 10 minutes, dad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's beautiful what a depth of quality of attention can offer to someone else, like to your daughter in that moment, and even to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say like, sometimes I'm grinding away in the day and like, wait, I need just a few minutes. And it's that same thing of like, oh, that means I need to go out and take a hike. It's like, no, I can just sit here and just let go, feel my body, be present to this moment. Mm -hmm. So I think things are simpler than people. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I agree with you, you know, it's like, easy. like there's that concept, like, oh, it's simple, but not easy because <laughs> we have to, I don't know, right, right? Like overcome all of the resistance or the self-limiting beliefs or the doubt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get you, though. It's like when uh, when you think about al- drinking alcohol, for example, you know, it's like, well, it's really simple. Actually, you just don't drink it <laughs> um, because it because if we drop to on a desert island without it, vast majority of the listeners listening to this they, they would just get on with it so so like this is there's, there's a real simplicity or in a relationship well you need to talk to your partner about how you're feeling it's it's like it's really simple but for some reason we're like well no i can't do that right yeah you can't talk but you can't talk to your partner and yet at the beginning of the relationship we can't shut up <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. So it, it is uh, yeah. very interesting um you you were talking about then you used uh, the word self a lot self acceptance self compassion self awareness um, so I'd like to start there with the word self because the self you know it shows up everywhere and so I'd be really interested to learn more about your 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 viewpoint uh, what you know what you what is self and and uh, so we can get a greater understanding of how you teach sure yeah I'm gonna pause a second yeah. I interrupt this conversation with Joy Caffrey just to provide you with details on the hot new book by myself, How to Control Alcohol for 30 Days So It Doesn't Control You for the Next 30 Years. Lion Mike recovered from a COVID nightmare that nearly destroyed his business to turn it into a powerhouse of a company and learned how to date and have mind-blowing sex from a state of pure, pristine, sober presence. Stella found the confidence and courage to leave her husband at home to take life-changing trips to New Zealand and the US, where she physically met other strivers upon her return her energy was so magnetic that her husband stopped drinking and they bought a van and traveled around the uk in it and john dragged himself out of the doldrums and instead of finishing marathon drinking sessions began spending his weekends finishing ironman competitions now the simple to implement powerfully effective process that will save your life is available to everyone 
Armed with the philosophies, tools and strategies in this book, you're almost guaranteed to control alcohol in 30 days, even if you tried and failed through countless systems and groups before. Finally, you'll learn the truth about alcohol in that it's not about alcohol at all. The Strike Method is designed to help you create beautiful, loving and enduring relationships with yourself, others and the universe. Get your free copy today at www.1000daysober.com or email me at thestridemethod at gmail.com and you will also receive $915 worth of free bonuses today. Now, without further ado, I will get you back to the conversation between myself and Joy Caffrey. So let's see, in this moment, what I feel is myself is my, um, my, it's my connection to source. Yeah, it's that um, that core of my being, and then it's accepting all of the other layers. So I kind of see the self as my encompassing my totality, and so and it's um, so in that totality, it's recognizing. Oh, I might have an idealized self, but I want to live as my authentic self. So in in myself, I'm going to bring both. Ah, oh, there's my authentic self. There's my idealized self. Right. There's mm-hmm. all these parts or layers, or really in the internal family systems. Right. Um, we, you and I were talking about that last time, but yeah. those, those exiled parts or the protective parts. So, um, so, in, so maybe there's one aspect of me that recognizes I have this core self at my being that's easily connected to source, and then I have all of these other beautiful parts and layers that have. Um, tended to me and protected me and and kind of experienced the world through me. And mm-hmm. so um, maybe I, I see it as both the, the core connection of, of creativity and my core essence and the purity of my being. And then I'll see all of those other layers lovingly held. <laughs> mm, I like that. Yeah. I had the, I had the image of the divine masculine, the divine father, the divine father, the divine mother. And it's got all these little children all around them, yeah. you know. And but they got their arms, they got their arms around them, hugging them and holding them in. Because yeah. it's a it's a family and we will not leave no one behind on the battleground type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I I love um, I think so. I think there's that part of right? a lot of people talk about the inner inner voices or the inner critic. And and so over the last several months, I've really been listening to what what does my inner voice or my inner voice of awareness or self sound like and all these other any other parts and one thing that's tricky with me is i'm so much more visual than auditory Mm. so my inner world is just a visual inner world i don't hear so many voices i just see beautiful vignettes and scenes or like i'm just seeing things and i think that myself the one my so maybe my aspect of self is the the purity of awareness has so much compassion and curiosity. And when a voice shows up, I'll just say, oh, tell me more. What's that about? Right. And so like one voice that might like of the different voices, I don't have many voices, but one voice shows up a lot for me is like between a, a three, four, five-year-old in that age. And, and I can so tell by, by her voice as she's saying it, but um, her, her question to me all the time is like, I'm not a bad girl. I'm, I'm not a bad girl. And so I can just hear, like, that's not a, a voice of an adult. It's this child that just is so worried she's done the wrong thing, you know? And so I just, like, check it. Oh, baby, what's going on? Like, what do you think? What do you think you did wrong? Or, you know, just talk to her in, in a soothing way and reassuring her, you are so okay, <laughs> right? 
Right. And then if I have other voices of um, nervousness or like even, you know, even though I love talking about the, the, the self and my healing work, right. And just even getting ready for this, you know, this podcast with you, I can feel a nervousness kick up and I'm like, Oh, there's my nervousness. And um, like, instead of um, like, I recognize, Oh, sometimes that nervousness is a twang of, of like fear and enthusiasm combined. Right. And it's mm. like, Oh, what's the fear? Oh, Oh, my fear might be that I don't actually get across the the loving joy that I want to express <laughs> or all right. And the, the enthusiasm is, Oh, I might express it all too fast. <laughs> mm. But just recognizing, oh, that was rising, and how can I just say, hey there? Of course, you you know you're gonna have those nice butterflies before doing something, because you care, right? Because you you want to show up with your integrity, and you want to show up with tenderness for your listeners, you know, whoever's listening, and I and all of that goes in, and it feels like a lot. So, yeah, and then it and then it comes back to that sense of trust, like, and you know what? You're going to show up as you are in that in that beauty of your being and just and and so that's what actually ends up leading like, you know, leading me to sitting here. Right. Versus I don't show up with just the fear or just yeah. the, just the little girl. like. <laughs> yeah, I, I find I find myself having a out of interest. Do you when you have this dialogue, do you have it? Do you have it verbally? Are you expressive or is it internally? Maybe both. Maybe <clears throat> In the shower, it might be a little more external. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love doing my inner work in the shower and just the yeah. soothe that water. And I think that's where I might talk out loud a little bit more. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it kind of has both a visual. Yeah, I think I might tend to be a little bit more internal with the soothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I'm more. Ec- I'm more external. So I um I found myself having conversations with myself a lot, and what I what I I found a lot is I will um <clears throat> I'll flesh flesh out the part. So mm-hmm. I will I will find and identify the part that is nervous, overwhelmed, anxious, um, excited, uh, angry. And then I will inquire as to what's going on and yeah. uh, why why the why they're feeling what they're feeling. And then I witness them. Right. And and then towards the end of it, then um I'm jumping a few steps there, but as at the end of it, I'm I'm asking them, do you, tr- do you trust me that yeah. I've got this, that I've got this? Right. You don't, you don't, ha- thank you for bringing it to my awareness and my attention that we have a podcast with joy and we need to show up and do a good job. I I've got this. Do you trust me? And I found through the, m- the more and more coaching I receive and the more and more inner child work I do, the more and more my parts say, yes, it's very unusual for a part now to say no. Mm-hmm. I'm not accepting that. Whereas, um, obviously, when I'm working with clients, the no comes up quite quite a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. And I'm also interested. Oh, do you want to have a reflection on that? Well, yeah, I do. Because I, mm-hmm. in that same way with my clients, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on a, on a tangent, but it relates, right? Go for it. So one of the things I'm often saying to my client is that, um, what was absolutely essential to them as a child becomes detrimental to them as adult, an adult, mm. right? And it was a behavior that was essential based on the cards they were dealt, right? The, on the fact that they're three and five and seven and nine years old, their authority truly is outside of them when you're that age. It truly yeah. is outside of them, right? And um, they're coming to me in their in their 
30s and 40s and 50s, and they want to have a sense of authority and sovereignty within themselves. And they don't because their ego continues to use strategies based on when they were a child. Mm -hmm. And all of those strategies that were developed as a child were based on the the authority being outside of them, right? And so so often when when my client is um, dialoguing or or talking to that um, part, or first they're even curious of why they keep self-sabotaging themselves or why, like, why do I end up screaming or doing this? And I'm like, well, that's what, that's what worked when you're three and five years old. Right. Yeah. So part of it is helping them to understand that three-year-old, seven-year-old, 13-year-old that created strategies of the ego is going to keep using those strategies until it totally trusts that the adult self has their back. Just like you're saying. So this is how I'm coming back to it. And so often like that, that part of them is like, you do not have my back. You do not have my back. Yeah, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. We're in the same situation, whatever. Right. And so my job is to explain to my clients that some of what transformation is about is, is asking ego to let go of those strategies so that the the adult authority can come from within and to start choosing new strategies mm-hmm. based on those new tools that we put in the toolbox or based mm-hmm. on understanding triggers and how to tune into feelings and how feelings can help us recognize our needs, right? Mm-hmm. So um, until um, that, that adult self can come in and show, no, really, I do have your back because I can use this tool. I do this. I listen. I'm listening to that wisdom. I'm taking care of you, right? And so I do think it takes the listening to the child but then really demonstrating no really i do have your back because this is how i'm going to care for you as we go ahead and have this tough conversation with my husband or with or with whatever i'm going to take care of you by you know doing these things ahead of time or um showing up in this way right i'm because if they don't then that that inner child strategy is going to be at the forefront and do that act that is now detrimental to someone as an adult yeah, it, re- it reminds me of that old maxim that your internal world mirrors your external world. So I'm thinking there that imagine we, we have a, uh, a part that is distrusting of us. And, um, and often I find that the, the, parts get, the part gets confused between self and an exile. So it, the, the part, the protective part is like, I don't trust you. And I'm often like, well, who, who is it you don't trust? Because because sometimes it's the exile that they don't trust, not not the self. Um, but I'm thinking to myself when you when you're external and you're a you're a parent, for example, um, and your child says, oh, "Just just let me climb the tree. I promise I won't fall out." Or whatever, right? It's trial and error, right? It's like okay, I'm 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 going to observe you while you do, it, or I'm going to trust that you're going to do it, or whatever you say you're going to do, um, and we'll see how it goes and. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I I trust you because because you're 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 in integrity with your word and your actions, right? And similarly, internally we can we can find that our parts are like, no, 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 I, I don't trust you. And so then it's kind of like, okay, how 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 can I demonstrate a little bit here? How can I move forward an inch? Right. I, I don't need your total trust, but what give me something that I need to do to show up for you, you know, mm-hmm. and then just do that one little thing. Mm-hmm. To make them feel okay, maybe, and then I guess this is where, as well, with um, with this work, is there's no rush, right? Mm, yeah, right. I agree, and and I think that a lot of times that everyone has a sense of immediacy, right? And like for yeah. instance, 
things would get struggling between my husband and I, I would feel this, I have to resolve this now. Right. And, mm. um, you know, and wanting him to like have this deep processing conversation with him, right? But it's not like, no, it's like what I need to do is tend to like, why is this sense of immediacy? Oh, because I'm not feeling secure, because I'm not feeling safe, right? So, how can I get myself to feel safe no matter what he's doing, right? Yeah. But I do a lot of times with my clients, I am sharing with them, like, is there really an immediacy or can we be okay with being uncomfortable? Can we be okay with this learning process? And um, have you ever watched Miss Frizzle and the Magic School Bus? No, I haven't. No. It's a PBS show that was on when our kids were little. And she's the science teacher and takes kids on. The, it's an animated show. So if they're going to learn about the respiratory system, her bus shrinks and goes up the nose and into the lungs. Oh, and cool. But she's like a crazy scientist, more like an artist, in my opinion. And so she, um, what she says is in order to learn anything, you need to take risks make mistakes and get messy. Right. And so as you're mm -hmm. saying that learning process, like, Oh, I really want to climb that tree. I might not know how to do it yet, but I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to get messy. I might, I might fall a little bit, you know, like, and then there's all risk assessment, like, well, how high are you going to climb on that tree? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, you can climb a tree. You go out. It's like 25 feet. <laughs> that yeah. one dad. Or my kids had asked me, like, can I climb a tree? In my mind, I'm thinking that. And they go out and they see one with this little branch. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, managing I, experience. Yeah. I found, I found with my boys, 21, like the older he gets, how important trust is. Mm. You know, it's like in so many areas. Dad, just trust me. Trust me that I, I'm, I'm, trust me that I got this or trust me that I'll make the decision and I will, I, and, and I will take the consequence and I can handle the consequences if it goes wrong, right? Let me go. Right. Just let, let, let go of control, which, you know, I would, well, actually, before I ask you, I do want to ask you about control, but there's something else I wanted to ask you about first is um, have you, have you yourself experienced states of overwhelm or worked with overwhelm with your clients and how have you managed to work through that in terms of working through it from a place of self? Because uh, very often in my community, we will talk about, you know, what you, you were saying, like most things are simple. So we will talk about, okay, um, why did you drink last night? Why well, drank last night? Because I was just feeling really, really anxious and I didn't want to feel anxious. So I drank. And then it's like, well, what if we had to feel that anxiety? What if what if our job in that moment was to just sit with that anxiety? Or what if we had to be angry? What if we had to feel sadness because emotions, we need to go through the, the cycle. Uh, and the one that people get stuck on is overwhelm. Yeah, but when I'm overwhelmed, I can't sit with it because it's too overwhelming and therefore I have to drink alcohol. So I'm just interested in what your, um, what your experience is with overwhelm. Mm, yeah, that's a beautiful question. And, and I want to say, yes, I'm someone who has gotten overwhelmed a lot. Right. Um, and I think as I'm kinesthetic, like, so there's a, there's a couple of, have you heard of hand mudras? There are different ways of using your hands to uh, process energy. Mm -hmm. and so um, I'm a very kinesthetic person. And so I know your viewers can't see this, but I'm going to hold my hands up. My, my fingers are soft um, and my thumbs are, you know, they're all soft. And I'm just going to wiggle both hands left to right. And so what this does is it takes that extra energy and it starts spinning them out of the palms. Oh, right? yeah. You'll do this until all of a sudden, oh, this doesn't feel 
like I need to do this anymore. Like they start to get kind of dull rubbery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to move on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Start to get dull rubbery. Like I start I feeling nice and cold. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, but then I'll do a couple of them because I really like hand leaders. So that's one to release anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, like now I want to tranquilize the mind. Right. Because I'm, I'm stuck in overwhelm. And so then I go into another hand mudra that's for tranquilizing the mind. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and this one, I'm putting my middle fingers. My So first, I'll start with my pinky and ring finger are cu- curled into my palm. My middle fingers touch my index finger, middle digits touch and my thumbs touch. And mm-hmm. it makes a little sweet shape. And I hold that right below my heart center. And then I take a few moments and breathe into it. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, swore by this for her tests at school. Like, mm. it, you know, she really wanted to do well. And she would put her hands like this right before taking the test. <laughs> then there's like another it. one. I do this series of three. Um, so maybe sometime you could show this. So the third one is a hand mudra that Buddha gave to his disciples. So you take the OK sign in both hands, turn the fingers back to back. So the upright fingers are touching. Mm-hmm. And then bring that down even lower towards more like the like below the belly button. And and so for me, this is a much more masculine. You could look at it, right? It's a more masculine posture. The other one was a much more feminine posture. So mm-hmm. right away, just with the hands, I'm doing a little balancing of my masculine and feminine. And because I'm kinesthetic and I'm doing something with my body, it takes that energy out of the mind frenzy, mm-hmm. right? It gives me you know, something to do and, and it affects hand mudras affect the nervous system. So mm. now this is nice and grounding. Ah, okay. So another thing I might, I might do is just rub my hands on my thighs, you know, and, and, you know, like you see people um, doing, uh, you know, rubbing their hands together, right? That's like, yeah, but I like it. I like the way you're doing it really slowly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then you can like meter that pace. Right. Yeah. Yes. When I'm overwhelmed, I need to tend to my physical body. My nervous system is overstimulated. So I want to give it some soothing energy. And then um, so always remembering the breath, like right away, I'm going to extend my exhale longer than my inhale because that cues my parasympathetic system. My sympathetic system can't be working when the exhale is longer than the inhale. Right. That in itself is a cue. The like when the sympathetic system is working, it's short, short, sharp. Yeah, 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 but if yeah. you extend your exhale, you're right away cueing the nervous system. So when you're on overwhelm, you want to tend to the nervous system. Yeah. And then I have like such a joy of playing with imagery internally. So like let's say I'm anxious, like I'll look at what the anxiousness feels. But I'm going to give you an example a second too. Yeah, that'd be great. So with a client yesterday, so he, um, I'm now starting to do some some work within a corporation, and this one client, his um, boss had asked him to um, handle someone who's been a problem and to help that person to understand how he needs to comply. And usually, my this, this client is very good at this, but this particular person that he was being asked to tendu uh was someone who he he's learned his talk behind his back and doesn't trust him right and so he was like no i don't want to do this i don't want to do this task I'm being asked to and so i asked him okay and i could feel he you know he was anxious about mm. and of course he wants to prove himself well to this person that he respects his boss he respects highly and wants to do well but his, his whole body was in overwhelm about the task so i asked him 
sit down a moment and see where in your body the tension is showing up. And I, and I mirror my clients as I'm working with them. So I felt it so much in the solar plexus, right? Mm. And the solar plexus was so tight. And I and so then for me, like imagery will show up right away, archetypal imagery. So the imagery that showed up was windshield wipers. And he he's in California, so it's usually sunny all the time. But sure, anyway, that's what went, what was showing up. And so I, I asked him, let's think about, like, let's use that archetype energy of windshield wipers. What do you think is going on? And at first... Like it's, he's recognizing windshield wipers and the, the thought is like his head is going back and forth like the windshield wipers, right? And that yeah, that's yeah. not serving this. Like when you're, when you're in a car driving, you don't want to be looking at the windshield wipers. You want to be looking further ahead. But he's looking at the, like, oh, I need a, I, I want to do good by this boss. Oh, I don't trust this person at all. Right. Right. And so I'm like, okay, now let's let the windshield wipers work. And imagine you can see further and allow your higher self wisdom to come to you, mm. right? look at, tell, tell me what all, you know, what's underneath. So then we started looking at how, you know, this guy's talked behind my back and how do I feel about that? And what is that, you know? So we kind of unpacked it a little bit, right? What it was for him. So it started with an archetypal image. Well, first it started with, okay, I recognize I have tension and overwhelm about the situation. Mm-hmm. Where is it showing up in the body? Let's, let's get a cue from that like that kind of Jungian consciousness of active imagination. Let's let active imagination cue us in. And then there, there's always this playful energy that shows up when, for me, when you work with this imagery, right? Mm. It becomes playful. And if you throw, like you, you throw an element into what's showing up, it gives you more and more information. And so as we unpacked it, like all of a sudden the windshield wiper stopped and took for both of us at the same time, the, you know, as he was getting, um, we really went through how he could support that, that person he has to talk with and how to overcome his challenges to that person. And then at the end, the song came up as I can see clearly now. The rain. Yeah. Right? So, so we went through this whole thing of like the short, quick anxiety, right? To, oh, wait, I have support, right? The windshield wipers are bringing in a level of support. That support mm-hmm. is coming from his higher self wisdom, from checking in from breaking it down, unpacking it, bringing compassion to himself and to this person he's going to be talking to, giving him cues and strategies of how to help that person out of that particular dilemma. Anyway. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you for that demonstration. It was really great. And just to share reflection, you know, as we're talking about this very thing, when you were demonstrating the practices um, to help with overwhelm with the, the hands and the movement and stuff, a part of me said to myself, why don't you know that? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then, and then as you carried on going, another part of me said, wow, we're learning so much here. We'll be able to use this. <laughs> this is part of this. It, it just came up straight away. And I, I, and, I, and so I am internally, I'm going, okay, I hear you. All right. We got to concentrate right now. <laughs> so, you know, just to show Sometimes like when, I, when I'm working with a client, a part of me might come up in that way, right? You're yeah. listening, hosting this thing. So then I put it aside of, oh, I can, I'm going to tend to you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I might go back to that part of me later saying, oh, yeah, like, man, it's just so much knowledge to know. And we just can't know all of it, but we wish we could. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, do you know what, what really helps me on it? My wife, actually, she's uh, training to be a functional med- medicine practitioner. Um and honestly, it's 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 like being in school. Like it's very knowledge based, and 
So she feels extreme pressure that when I'm with a client and they tell me what's wrong with them, I'm going to have to know what's wrong. Like that's her, her belief, right? right? So her limiting belief. Where my belief is, um, oh, Joy, that's what's wrong with you? Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't have the answer to that one, but I'm going to go and find it out. Like I'm really comfortable doing that. Yeah. My life is, life is like, you can't do that. Because her belief is you're an authority, you should know. If they don't, they won't trust you. I'm like, oh, I don't feel, I don't, I don't think like that. That's not my belief. And what I try to do is like, um, okay, my client has a problem. What I try to do is meet them in their inner world and invite their wisdom to show up. Yeah, I love that. So they, so you're you're guiding them to find that that power and the unused resources within themselves rather than turning into yeah. your masculine fixed energy. Yeah. Or, or to like to nurture the muscle of discernment. And in that discernment, mm. we, when do we turn within and when do we need to go to an outside resource? And I, and I think that some people try to turn in too much and they become too self vigilant, right. And do everything themselves and they get really tense. And some people become too needy and dependent and are constantly, how do I help me do this? Right. And what I want to help my clients do is build this beautiful muscle of discernment of, oh, wait, I've got this. Oh, you know what? This is so outside my realm of understanding. I need to reach out. Right. And we want to build the, the muscle of discernment and that both are okay. And what we want is the sweet balance of this is a time where I can really reason. Can I share uh, share a story on that, actually? So when I was in a training container called Kaboom in 2021, and I was like, I'm going to get my money's worth out of this container. Like these these coaches are like top-notch master coaches. I'm going to ask so many questions. And even the coaches were like, no question is a stupid question. Just ask loads of questions. So I asked away, right? And the feedback that I got triggered me. The feedback that I got was, Lee, stop asking questions. And and I got triggered. And a part of me was like, this is unfair. They're telling you to ask questions, Lee, and you're asking questions. And now they're telling you to stop asking questions. And I got really triggered. I got really angry and I got really frustrated. Um, And I had to have a lot of coaching to understand that what I was actually doing was I was putting permission slips out there. I wasn't I wasn't asking Joy for advice because I was stuck. I was asking Joy for permission to do what I already knew was right, but I didn't trust my own intuition. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I'm, I literally telling my clients that I'm giving them permission. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that, oh, wait, there's permission, right? You're looking for permission, and you know you have it, whether it's me telling it to you or you finding it within yourself. And I, I'm a big question asker too, right? And and I think it's because I was challenged with reading and stuff, so reading wasn't going to be my resource. But what I started to find over the years is, as soon as I ask the question, another part of me is answering it. But it's like, maybe that's that part of talking out loud. Like, so sometimes if some of my processing is too internal, I actually need to hear myself ask the question out loud. And then yeah. that other part of me can like, you know, the wisdom rises. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got into the habit of Lee, why are you asking this question? Mm. Do you know the answer? And then what I would do is I either wouldn't answer the question because I do, or I would say, I have a question. This is what I am going to do, but I'm interested if someone can see a blind spot or I'm interested in another opinion because you might know what you want to do, 
but that decision could be amplified in terms of how much it can provide value for somebody or yourself if suddenly 10 people contribute and say, oh, well, um, yeah, you could do this as well and this and this. You know what I mean? So that that's the way I dealt with it. But that first stop was, Lee, why are you asking this question? Which was allowed me to even question whether a part was asking a question, whether a self was asking a question, what the purpose was. It, it was more self-awareness just by asking myself a question. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like um, leaning into like our feelings to point to needs. Right. So, so many times people have feelings that they don't like, and then they exert energy to push the feeling away. Right. So like there might be like when you were in that class and you're saying asking too many questions and you're getting triggered by them saying, yeah. right. So leaning into the feeling of, oh, it's rising and and then pointing to the need, like let instead of using energy to get rid of the feeling, we lean into the feeling to see, oh, like maybe my need is for reassurance. Maybe may, I'm just going to throw out different ones. Maybe in that class, my need was really to matter and belong and that I'm, I'm mattering and belonging by contributing a useful question. Right. To be seen. Yeah, to be seen, maybe my need is to be seen or to be heard, right? And so I, yeah, in that four-deck card collection I have, so I have a deck of 54 feeling cards, 54 need cards, right? That's and the I, one you sent to me, right? Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm so looking, looking forward to seeing them, yeah. I still get to play with them. So looking, and it's recognizing, oh, actually, I had several different needs happening at the same time, right? Mm. Like maybe I, I had a need for clarity, and I'm asking the question to get more clarity. Maybe it's just... I really need reassurance right now that I'm on the right path. Maybe the, the need is for efficiency or trusting myself. And so I'm asking, right? So this, it's, yeah, you can tell I get excited. No, no, no. I mean, the, the, the need, uh, the need aspect of it is so important. I mean, whenever I'm talking to somebody who's like, Lee, I drank last night, you know, the conversation always goes to what, what need was, what need were we missing that we felt that alcohol was going to replace? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I needed, I needed, um, I needed play. Um, yeah. I needed connection. I needed autonomy and I was being controlled, whatever. And all of a sudden we're thinking that drinking alcohol is going to provide that need, you mm -hmm. know? So, it, so it's okay. So how else could we get that need met rather than drink alcohol? Right. You know? Yeah. Too many times we choose self-sabotaging strategies. And when we learn that, oh, like there's an infinite number of strategies. Yeah. It's because we're going to that break glass in emergency. And when we break it, there's a bottle of gin there. And there always has been a bottle of gin there. Yeah. And it takes a long time for us to be comfortable with replacing it with something that's not going to poison our system. You know, it's just the way it is. Anyway, Joy, we've um, reached the hour marks, flown by. Um, talk about the cards i you sent me uh, some as a gift i can't wait i'm going to see them on sunday talk about the cards and also talk about the work you can do and what you're involved in right now and how people can get older you thank you yeah so i i had um used some grok cards they were decks of feeling and need cards in the past and i realized they weren't meeting my needs because I wanted the colors to be different so that my clients could distinguish between a feeling and need easily as I was using them. So I redesigned the decks and I also chose different feelings or needs that were matching what my clients were asking for. And then after designing those two decks, I realized one of my 
my clients really also needed body awareness, what was happening in their body. So I designed a whole deck that talks about all the physical sensations that can be happening in one's body. Like oh, I have TMJ, I have indigestion, I have a rapid heartbeat, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then I also designed the soul care strategy deck. And so the way I use them, especially on a first time client session, um, they'll lay, I'll ask them to lay out all the feelings um, that they're having, that they're experiencing either in that moment or over the last week or, or a pattern they tend to have. And it's so good for them to put that feeling outside of their body and lay it out on the table. Yes. Right? And then yeah, and put then, a word to it. Yeah. And then they'll start to organize them oh, as it relates to work, as it relates to parenting, as it relates to something. And when they, and then I ask them, Oh, of those different feelings, which ones, you know, would you like to help diminish or to increase and then we lean into them and then lay out the needs deck. What needs, if it was met, would help those feelings to shift, right? And then we talk about, then I have them. So they might lay out in the feelings deck. So there's 54 cards. No one's ever laid out less than 12. And, and people have laid out all 54 cards, which right there, it gives compassion for the human condition. Like they're so surprised because people just think feelings, oh, happy, mad, sad, you know. But then when they see the nuances and how much their body is actually experiencing at any given moment, that's so insightful. And then as we lay out the needs deck, then I have them narrow it down. Okay, well, what can we tend to this week? So let's pick out three to five needs that are on your front burner. And now let's be able to articulate how would you even know it was getting met? What would it feel like if respect was getting met? How can you ask for it? Like you want to be able to articulate about that need so that you know, oh, what can I ask of myself to have the need of respect met? What can I ask of someone else, you know? Um, so that's one thing I do. And then, um, again, with the body awareness, it just gives great compassion to understand what someone else is actually going through. Then the soul care, because it, the, that deck literally came out of me asking my clients, what is your higher self wisdom asking of you? And so it's 54, you know, different things like garden, take the day off, commune with nature, go for a walk, get a massage. Raise like one uh, a an item that they can do to tend to themselves, and so it's a joy to work with. Um, mm. I wanted to. Can I take a minute to just share my relationship with alcohol a second? Yeah, sure, of course. Just, since you have an audience that, that that's yeah uh, part of your audience, so my grandfather was an alcoholic and lived at home with us, and um, my parents didn't drink very much, and I tended not to drink or tended to find that I can't handle alcohol because of my small system, right. Or my easily, easily overwhelmed system. Um, and then, um, so it really, um, wasn't, um, an issue for me, my intake of alcohol wasn't, but then over COVID I started drinking more. My husband mm -hmm. was making, cause I associated, um, drinking a glass of wine with a nice meal. Right. And, and, um, and I ate a lot of food and it was one glass of meal. And so over COVID, my husband was making lots of nice meals. <laughs> He was putting all his energy into creativity, right? his creative energy into cooking. Mm. So I was starting to drink more, right? Just because I, I associated a glass of wine with a nice meal. And what I recognized is like, I never really, like I liked the a glass of wine, like, um, on the, on my palate as I'm eating, but I don't really like when the, when the alcohol gets into my bloodstream. And, and so I'm really lucky that I have a really high sensitivity of, Oh, I, I like the wine, but I don't want it to get into my bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I know, like, and it's been hard for me to understand, you know, how some of my different family members that do drink, like, how it does really um, 
soothe them in a way that is their self-medication. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't understand it because it wasn't that for me. Um, but then all of a sudden I got in this habit of my tolerance was building. Right. And so then just recently I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? Like I'm just going on drinking this alcohol yeah. without attention. And, and not that it was um, a lot at once, but it was consistent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then I had a, like, I was cho- choosing this year, like, Oh, I'm going to monitor and just shift this habit and look at it. So it was for me looking at like, Oh, why am I like, why am I drinking? You know, what's it for? And then it was a really deep association with the pleasure of food and dining. Right. And so can I create another acceptance of pleasure or bring, or let me take in the pleasure of, Oh, just the joy of my husband's creativity or the way the table was set, or how can I take in pleasure? And then, Oh, I really want I'm something to drink, but I want it to be different. So can I experiment with different salsas and put mints in them or right. Do something different about it. And, it was neat for just a couple of days of seeing where, oh, there is this, like for the first time I could feel like, oh, I want to go grab a glass of wine. Wait, wait, why do you? Why do you yeah, to- yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I Jeez. didn't have that sensation before because I just didn't tend, you know, maybe I drank once a while on weekends, you know. Yeah. I like that because that shows um, something that happens a lot is um, because of the, the term alcoholic, for example, so many people will. Um, also like last night I went, I went out with a friend last night and uh, we were just, he, he has a, uh, he had a back injury. So he's on the sick and he was talking to me about, um, yeah. So, you know, when I have, when I drink alcohol, like it eases my pain in my back and the massage therapist said, that's really good for me. Cause it shows that it's a muscle injury and not a bone injury. I don't drink a lot. Cause anyway, people who talk to me always talk about how much alcohol I drink. Right. Cause of what I do, I don't drink a lot. Like I drink like three pints a night every night, right? It's like to calm me down type of thing. So so he doesn't identify as an alcoholic. He doesn't even think he's got a problem because he just drinks three beers a night, right? That's his his view. Um, but if I took away his three beers a night, he would feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And that and then he would be asking himself the question, oh, hang on a minute. Why do I feel un- why do I feel uncomfortable if I don't have a problem? What this right. is a problem. So, right. so very often it's not until you take it away that people realize, and this isn't as healthy as I thought it was. It's, it's not a, a wine with meal because actually I just written a list of 25 things that I can drink that taste better than wine. Right. Yeah. But it's not, but it's not happening for me. It's not working. So it's yeah. giving me it's something else. It's given me here. That, right. That's, that's when I realized that alcohol gave me zero value. And the only thing I could think of was I was addicted to alcohol and that's when I was able to stop. Yeah. And it, and did it, um, was it like a time period? Like how long no, did it no. for the body to shift? Right. Yeah. For me, yeah. like yeah. same as cigarettes. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I went, so I wrote a big list of all the reasons I felt it provided me value. Yeah. I rationally went through each one of them. I couldn't find a rational argument that supported it. And I 100% rationally changed my paradigm overnight with alcohol and drinking and never smoked or drunk again. Yeah. But, and here's a thing where now at Strive we're changing. It didn't stop me being parts activated, ego driven. Right. Yeah. So that, that, dry, that dry, yeah, dry drunk. Yeah. 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 So I was in that dry drunk. So it wasn't until I would say the last 18 months where I was like, 
hang on, I don't drink, I don't eat sugar, I don't gamble, I'm such a healthy guy, and my wife wants to leave me, why is that then? So, <laughs> so we're, we're actually going through that change at the moment where we're focusing more um, on relationships and codependency and sex and parenting and, and inner child wounds and all the things that are the reasons why we, we turn to alcohol rather than just focusing on the alcohol. So. Yeah, um, I use um, the cards I use a lot for couples. So I work yeah. with couples and I'll lay, and I could tell you more about that after you get your cards, we can talk. And yes, I, can. I can't wait. I'm going to get, I'm going to get them on Sunday. Um, yeah. So everybody listening. Yeah. I just want to say, Joy, you are a, an extremely powerful, um, beautiful woman. I can, I just feel, I just feel so safe in your presence. Mm-hmm. And um, for anyone listening, having that safety when you're working with somebody is so important. I feel so much trust, so much security and so much wisdom coming out of you. So thank you for that. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure you're touching a lot of people's lives and I'm great to hear the corporations have got all of you doing work. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And for people listening, uh, I will put in the show notes, how to get hold of um, joy to go to a website, how to get hold of these cards, a YouTube video on how to watch them to how to use them. And you can email me at the strive method at gmail.com. And I'll put you directly in touch with joy. That sounds wonderful. Thank you for doing what you do and touching so many lives. And I, I love your transparency. And your willingness to be so vulnerable. And to me, that's true strength. And so thank, uh, thank you. you. Vulnerability. Yeah. Thank you, Joy. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And before you go, I'm just going to rat-a-tat this off machine gun style. Okay. You already know that we have the Strive book out there. You heard that in the ad in between the show earlier on today. If you want to join Strive, it's our subscription service. You will get access to the Strive method over 120 coaching videos. You will get access to our community platforms uh, where you can interact with like-minded individuals on a day-to-day basis to help you to continue your healing journey. And you will get access to our online uh, Zoom catch-ups and our Zoom coaching sessions, all right? So email me at strivemethod.gmail.com for more information on how to join our wonderful family and start helping you to overcome alcohol addiction and live a self-led life, okay? And finally, if you want to work with me one-on-one, Okay, I am a master life coach graduated from the Elementum Coaching Institute, where I work under the wings of Preston Smiles, Stefanos Stefanos, Christine Hasler, and Alexi Panos. Um, they call their students weapons, okay, because we are making a change in the world, uh, one client at a time. So if you want to live a self-led life, if you want to get a grip on meaning and purpose, if you want more beautiful, intimate communions with your partner, if you want to have have the job of your dream. If you want to overcome your addictions and deal with your dysfunctions and learn to self-regulate and be emotionally secure, then reach out to me at thestrivemethod at gmod.com and we'll hop on a call and make that happen. All right, folks, last but not least, if you really get a lot of value out of this podcast, um, please, please, please rate and review it in your local podcast player and also tell someone about it. You could change someone's life today. Strive on. I'll catch you next week. Much love.